A short-handed chance. Yenmark down the middle. Scores! Matias Yenmark, short-handed goal. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lvsportsnetwork.com. Puck comes down high. Watt gets the puck off to the races. Into the zone. The righty. Right circle. Backhander. He scores! What a move! Nicholas Watt gets the Knights back in the lead. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team. Exclusive player interviews and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas. Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the... We are efforting uh, shortly to be joined by Darren Millard, half of this program, gracious enough to uh, agree to join us on his vacation. And, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense, right? Because, you know, Darren's enjoying a little bit of time off, but one of the biggest moments in the hockey season happened over the course of the weekend, and we would be remiss if we do not get Darren's take on the Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche. Uh, You know, frankly, you you go into these situations where, you know, you look at the end of the season, you look at some of the things that have come out over the last couple of days when it comes to Tampa. We're going to get a full injury report from the Tampa Bay Lightning later on in the program, and frankly, it's exhaustive it is long it's lengthy and it's understandable why this team feels like what they accomplished this season specifically in the playoffs was maybe better more significant I don't want to say more important because you always want to win the Stanley Cup but it meant a little bit more to that organization what they were able to do over the course of this playoffs, and when you look at the injuries and you understand who was banged up and, and how significantly those players were injured, I think that makes a lot of sense from the Tampa Bay Lightning's perspective. We're going to take a look at Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, the, the most recent update on the Pittsburgh Penguins, unrestricted free agents, what might happen with the Penguins, with Sidney Crosby, and is that era over for the Penguins. We've got SalmonAshLaw.com. The legal minute is coming up at 4.45. And then we've got one-timers. We're going to talk a little bit of Hall of Fame inductee information as well as get to kind of the annual story, I think, when it comes to the Hall of Fame. And that's Alex Mogilny and, and Mogilny not being included as an inductee once again this year. So uh, jam-packed two hours to get to here on the VGK Insider Show. As we mentioned, we're we're efforting Darren Millard as we want to bring you his thoughts, his opinions on the Stanley Cup Final, that series as a whole. And, you know, it's... A little bit more time has has passed between Game 6 and the victory for the Colorado Avalanche, what it means for the landscape of the NHL, what it means for the Vegas Golden Knights, because that's always the the, the slant that we're going to be looking at these things through. You know, I, I wonder, and the prevailing thought for me is like, where should Golden Knights fans have had their rooting interests in this series? Like, I always get confused by this. I do, because to me... When you have something of a rivalry, you know, something 
of a rivalry with with a team. And I, I think you can make the argument that the Golden Knights, Colorado Avalanche, there's something there between the two. Like, I get the idea that you don't want your rival to win. I get the concept of, you know, if you're a Golden Knights fan, pff, no way. I don't want to see Colorado win a Stanley Cup. That makes total sense to me. But at the same time, I, I like the idea of wanting to chase that champion and measure yourself against them. So we'll get Darren's thought on that as we are joined now for the first time in over a week by Darren Millard. Hey, Darren, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Uh, you know, we're good. I'm good especially because I rightfully predicted who would win the Stanley Cup. I, I don't know if you remember that, but I firmly had Colorado and you were, as I recall, waffling between Colorado and Tampa, but you ultimately Tampa, decided yeah. on Tampa. Um, so just kind of bare bones, your impressions of that series in the last couple of games that we saw from both clubs. Okay, uh, one, uh, Tampa Bay uh, continued the gritty performance and, and finding ways to be competitive that uh, that were not part of uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning that, that we uh, grew to recognize and, and become accustomed to. Uh, and on the flip side, uh, the Colorado Avalanche uh, were a team that could high-fly, score, uh, create offense, uh, incredible power play, but ended up winning by playing great defense and just absolutely stifling anything that the Tampa Bay Lightning had to offer. So we saw a little bit uh, different uh, approaches by the teams and execution by the teams than, than I ever thought at, at the start of the postseason. So uh, that, that was intriguing. And the, the, the way that Colorado put the nail uh, in, the, in the coffin of the two-time defending champions was as impressive as I've been uh, by, by, by anything, allowing a couple of shots in the third period, one grade-A scoring mm-hmm. chance, and over the last three games, didn't really allow a sniff. Uh, that, that just uh, uh, spoke volumes to me about, uh, about the Colorado Avalanche being more than, than just a little bit of sizzle. So, like, if you're looking at it through the lens of the Golden Knights, Last year for Colorado, it was bitter disappointment, right? And it was bitter disappointment served by Vegas. And they took that and I think learned how to get to where they wanted to go. And it was evidenced by the fact that they were shutting things down defensively. It was evidenced by how they played in the cup final. So if you're looking at that as kind of a blueprint to use, um, you know, an event, a moment, a, a setback of sorts to your advantage, like, if you're Vegas, you have to be inspired by what Colorado was able to do this year. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and the uh, ability to take a disappointment and translate mm-hmm. that into motivation and uh, inspiration uh, to be a positive. Now, like, a year ago, that wasn't the same Colorado team, uh, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't have Nazem Kadri in that uh, in that set because he had done something that crossed the line and mm-hmm. and became uh, a suspension. So they didn't have one of their key players. Uh, they didn't have a deep of a blue line. Uh, didn't have Eric Johnson. Uh, uh, didn't have uh, Manson uh, in the lineup. And they had a goaltender uh, that uh, that made saves when it counted. Goaltenders. 
that made saves when it counted, which didn't happen a year ago when Vegas was able to win three straight. Uh, so there was, there are some very big differences in Colorado last year to the Colorado team that was able to, uh, to overcome. But your point about Vegas was the better team between these two clubs a year ago, and then this club turns around and wins the championship in 2022. Uh, I'm feeling really confident that uh, that if you're healthy uh, next year and uh, and you use that motivation uh, in in the right way, that you can be right back where we expect them to be, and that's being a Stanley Cup challenger. It it it's very logical uh, when you look at it through that lens. You know. I- I kind of alluded to it prior to you coming on, but where do you fall on fans rooting for or against rivals? Because to me, if I'm a Golden Knights fan, now that Colorado's won a championship, and given that these have been two of the best teams in the Western Conference over the last couple of seasons, I think that there's a real argument that Colorado getting there should bring out more, should bring out the best of the Golden Knights come this season, and you hope that that edge can kind of push you over the top as well. Uh, or do you are you fall or do you fall into the category where you just you don't want to see anything good happen for your closest or or best rival at the moment because you want all that for yourself? Yeah, I, I look at Colorado differently than I do uh, a Los Angeles or a San Jose. Who are division rivals and and at times bitter rivals, and that's uh, that's different than the way I look at uh, Colorado, who I consider to be a competitive rival uh, at, at a much different place uh, in their in their development, and that's who you have to go through to win uh, the Western Conference uh, in in the uh, Vegas Golden Knights standpoint, but uh, but. San Jose and Los Angeles are more uh, uh, rivals on the emotional standpoint, and uh, and you, you battle tooth and nail, and you have more of uh, more hatred, and more invested in it uh, in your heart and your, and your soul, uh, kind of thing. The, the the Avalanche one is is purely competitive, so uh, I don't want anything. If I'm uh, looking at my emotional rival, I never want them to to have any success. Uh, uh, over me, or even if I'm on the sidelines going forward, I, I don't want that to happen. That's the way I've always looked at it. But uh, on on the Avalanche side, where it's the competitive uh, side, I'm like, if if they beat me, I hope they're the best team because that means mm-hmm. I'm that much closer. Or and I'm, if I'm really competitive with them and right there with them, and and they end up uh, uh, going all the way, that means. Uh, we're we're right there, and we're we're ready to take that next step. So uh, I, I always uh, thought, well, if if I lose to somebody and they win, I'm like I'm second best, third best. So that's that's not a bad thing. So I, I view it uh, a little differently. Uh, one, I'm I'm cheering for, uh, rooting for, or don't mind if they have success. The other one, no chance, not uh, <laughs> uh, an ounce of of support uh, from from those emotional rivals. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you in that I want if I'm going to lose or if I have a, a spirited affair with somebody and it ends up that they end up winning and I lose that that spot, I want to know that I'm right there, right? Like I want to know that that you are the closest proxy to the team that ultimately wins at the end. And you know, for the yeah. Golden Knights, like it, it should be somewhat 
soothing, I, I would I would imagine that the last team that was able to beat Colorado in a seven-game series is the Vegas Golden Knights. And and I get it, they didn't make the playoffs, but you recharge, you retool over the course of this offseason, you go into next year, who knows how much better the Golden Knights can be and whether or not they can actualize that in the playoffs against perhaps the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche if they meet in the playoffs. Yeah, and uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm... I'm of the belief that I'm not ready to give the Avalanche the mantle of, of the best mm-hmm. team going into next year. I know uh, mm-hmm. some of the books have uh, have put the Avalanche as, as the favorite, but until I see what they do with their goaltending and, and uh, with Kadri and uh, some of their uh, different holes, uh, Manson and Gogliano and, and pretty, mm-hmm. pretty important players uh, down the stretch for them, until I see what they're what they're going to do with uh, with a lot of that, uh, I'm going to hold uh, hold uh, in reserve judgment uh, on that. But uh, but would I take uh, uh, like from thirty thousand feet? Would I pick Vegas and Colorado as the favorites of, of the Western Conference right now? I would because I don't know what mm-hmm. Calgary's going to do with their free agent yep. situation. I don't know how. Uh, the Kane thing is going to play out with the, with the Edmonton Oilers and, and their goaltending. Uh, sure, Los Angeles could take another step. Uh, sure, St. Louis uh, could be there. But uh, but I think the two best teams in the West uh, remain uh, the same as they were at the start of last season, and that's Vegas and that's Colorado. And we'll see uh, see what uh, what shakes down uh, towards the next year's playoffs. Now the Avalanche have won. So that gives them uh, a, a little less, I think, uh, emotional desperation uh, and and yearning. But uh, but I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't say that that uh, necessarily gives you an overwhelming edge over somebody like Vegas, which I'd consider completely in lockstep. And I'm not going to write off the Tampa Bay Lightning coming back and get involved in this thing from the other side either. You know, I, I wanted to ask you that specifically because you hear the commentary from Steven Stamkos after this loss. It's almost defiant in, in that who says we're done? This is still a team that, that they believe can contend for the Stanley Cup over the next couple of years, three, four, five years, whatever it, it may be. I, would you be terribly shocked or surprised to see Tampa get right back to a cup final next year? No, uh, because I didn't see anybody that was ready to, to knock them off. Uh, Toronto mm-hmm. couldn't get over uh, their uh, limitation. Uh, Florida uh, uh, went out with a whimper uh, against the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Those are teams mm-hmm. directly within the division, and uh, and and then going beyond that, uh, I, I think that there's even a, a bigger uh, separation between the teams. I don't know what the Rangers will be like uh, next year, as uh, as they have some uh, some issues that they have to solve themselves. Uh, uh, there was something that happened. Uh, I don't know whether you, you caught it uh, after the handshake line, but this, this wasn't a Tampa team that was relieved to get back and have an opportunity to win mm-hmm. a third straight championship. Uh, this was a Tampa team that truly did feel that they were the best team and they should have won the title. Uh, walking down the hallway, the, the cameras on ESPN uh, we're mm-hmm. we're shooting some of the Tampa Bay players going to the dressing room, and Andre Vasilevsky was uh, was strolling down towards the door, and he 
uh, let loose with a uh, yell and a scream and mm-hmm. some expletives uh, that uh, that didn't make it there, but you could tell, and then uh, kicked either a stick or some kind of uh, uh, structure that was that was right there. Like, he was angry. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, yeah. oh, we left it all out there and uh, and we could be satisfied. He, he you could tell that uh, that he he thought that there was uh, a lost opportunity or a missed opportunity there. So uh, I, I truly think uh, that that Tampa Bay can certainly come back uh, and and be right in it uh, next year. If if you want to call it the the, the Power Five, uh, they would certainly be in it uh, from uh, from my perspective. Uh, probably throw in Tampa and. Uh, sorry, uh, Toronto and Florida in that, along with Colorado and Vegas. Those would be my top five favorites next year. Yeah, it, it's interesting because it, it feels like this is a Tampa Bay Lightning team that now is even more motivated. Like they were on yeah. the cusp of absolute history within the salary cap era, and yet now it seems with a loss, they might be even more dangerous come next season. Yeah, you want to give that team more motivation? <laughs> than than they already had. Uh, that's uh, that's a dangerous thing to uh, to flirt with uh, when it comes. But uh, what we did see though was was a Colorado team that uh, hmm. I think I, I talked to Ray Ferrero about this on the podcast last week uh, on the on the chirp. Uh, I asked him like we're, we're a copycat league. What what does somebody take from Tampa and Colorado and mm-hmm. and, and put into their portfolio next year and i thought his his answer was was why i love ray was so unexpected because he said nothing because those two teams uh succeed in a way that nobody else can copy uh Mm -hmm. uh, one is andre vasilevsky and then the skill up front but they've got the best goaltender in the world and then some some skill up front Nobody has that. The Rangers have the best goaltender this year, but they don't have anywhere near the talent uh, up front uh, with with their forward core. Uh, so that that's a big difference. And with the Avalanche, you have a game changer in in Kale McCarr. Like look at that guy's trophy case uh, between yeah. the the Norris and the Conn Smythe and the Stanley Cup championship. Uh, going uh, through uh, with uh, Calder Trophy a couple of years ago, like you, you can't. And, and we watched uh, the different abilities to to change a game and, and different rushes and and be uh, just uh, a, a game changer, but with a skill set that nobody else has. Like he's doing stuff that, that we haven't seen since Bobby Orr from a success standpoint. So you you can't copy that. Uh, you, you just there's no possible way to do that. Uh, so that I, I think that's a good thing for the rest of the league that that we're not just going to see cop the cut and paste and, and go back into it and you can kind of you can kind of be yourself a little bit more uh, but uh, but we'll we'll uh, see what uh, what Colorado does with plugging some of these holes uh, that they're that they're going to have to uh, uh, force to uh, to to deal with because Cadre's going to be a big loss for that team. And uh, and we'll see what they do with uh, with uh, some of the other big free agents up front. 
Yeah, I, I think that's kind of the biggest question when it comes to, to Colorado, and you've alluded to it a couple of times, is that they, they've got salary cap space going yeah. into next season, but they've got a lot of restricted free agents, a lot of unrestricted free agents. And, you know, you, you look at kind of the UFAs that are on this team. You, you talked about Josh Manson who was invaluable during this playoff run. You talk about Valeri Nachuskin, who I think was just phenomenal for the Colorado Avalanche. Obviously, Nazem Kadri is a big one. And then uh, it's not so much about next season, but it's beyond that because you're you're sitting on one more beautiful yeah. year of Nathan McKinnon's contract that's severely underpaid, and then he's due for a raise. So like, how much of what Colorado is able to do, can do, comes with an idea of what the framework would be for Nathan McKinnon's next contract? All of it. It has to be. Like, can you commit uh, long-term to, to Nazem Kadri or Josh Manson? That's a really tough to do. Nachushkin is a fascinatingly difficult decision for them <laughs> because uh, he's been good in the past, but he's never been like this. It's a yeah. different stratosphere. For Nachushkin, so if it, you, do you gamble on that? I, I, I'm not, not with what they have coming up uh, on the salary cap front. Uh, same with the in goal. Like, uh, how much do you put into your goaltender long term, uh, knowing that uh, that you've got uh, Nate uh, Nate up? So that's that's another challenging factor. Or do you just go short term and and try to see what's out there uh, from a bargain perspective? Uh, when you have to go down it, it's it's a really difficult decision uh, when you've got something that's looming like that uh, in in the not so distant future. I did I did like the the Nate uh, tie-in with Sidney Crosby though, uh, and, yeah. and the numerology. Uh, I talked to Andrew Cogliano this afternoon uh, on, on the chirp, and he was the guy that uh, that was with Nate when they realized mm-hmm. that uh, that the 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 eighty seven had gelled because. They all got the same rooms. Uh, what, what happened was when they played games three and four in Tampa, they had their, their rooms, and then when they went back for game six, they just re-racked it, and they all had the same rooms that they had earlier in the series. And one person was different, though. It was it was Nate, who went from mm-hmm. 80, room 1786 to 1787, and he and Cogliano <laughs> realized it in the elevator right up top, and both were uh, big Sid fans. You have to listen to it. Their their uh, respect for Sid is amazing. Uh, and they looked at it and went, it's a sign. Like the, the one guy that changed rooms went from 86 to 87, and he happens to be one of the best friends uh, of Sidney Crosby. And uh, another, you don't believe in ghosts, but uh, but I certainly mm. believe in, in this uh, big time, that, uh, that there's a nod from the hockey gods there, and, and it helped. It, it didn't make the difference, but it certainly helps mm. – uh, to improve your confidence and, and your belief a little bit. Yeah, I mean, numerology, kind of any anywhere you want to find a sign, you can find it. And for Nathan McKinnon, uh, went out there and had one of those legacy-defining games, a goal and an assist. He factored in both goals for the Colorado Avalanche, and you can make the argument he was a bit quiet in the Stanley Cup final until that yeah, point, but big Big-time players come up with big-time games when it's all on the line. What does this win do for Nathan McKinnon's legacy? Uh I don't know whether it uh, changes much uh, from mm-hmm. the outside world. Like we all are fascinated by him and his speed <laughs> and and what he can uh, what yeah. he can do 
in, in bringing you out of your seat. And that, uh, that is bringing you out of your seat. Uh, but I think, uh, uh, from a personal point of view, I think it's the world today to McKinnon. I mean, he trains and does commercials in Canada all the time with fit. They're from the same town, uh, a small place, uh, an hour from where I am right now in Cole Harbor. And, uh, he is, uh, the, the little brother, uh, in the shadow a little bit from Sid, uh, who's the best mm-hmm. player of his generation. Now this gives him, uh, some, some, uh, bragging spots, uh, points, uh, with Sydney. He's on the same level uh, of Sydney in, in winning West Stanley Cup. And I, I think confidence wise and, uh, just, uh, uh, a little bit more of, uh, I belong with, uh, uh, now that's a that's a tough one to to measure up to, but I, I think it mm-hmm. yeah. personally it means the world to Nathan uh, more than it does from from the rest of us who watch him and, and appreciate his game so much. Yeah, and then you know you hear from Nathan McKinnon after the game, and and it's almost more jubilation and more excitement for the likes of Eric Johnson, right? Who's been around through all the lean times for the Colorado Avalanche. There's, you know, five players, Nathan McKinnon, Mikko Rantanen, Gabe Landeskog, JT Comfer, and Eric Johnson that were on that worst place team five years ago. Uh, So it has to mean a little bit more for those guys. But the way that Nathan McKinnon was almost more jubilant, more excited for the Eric Johnsons and the Andrew Coglianos lifting their first cup after so many games in the league... uh, it just kind of underscores his leadership. Though intense, he, he cares about his teammates so much. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, there's they they came out through. I, I think it's good for the league too, in the sense mm-hmm. that you can you can go from that type of standing and be competitive in a short period of time. It takes some really cagey drafting and free agent signings, uh, but. It shows that it can be done, uh, and I think that's uh, that's also a, a big plus for everybody. But yeah, those 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 guys uh, were uh, on the bottom end of the spectrum. Uh, Patrick Waugh bolted from this team. Uh, he, he he walked out on this team, and uh, they had a coach that uh, that I didn't think would be around more than a year, and uh, uh, and uh, who never coached in the, in the National Hockey League before. They they made it, it work. Uh, they had a Vezin Trophy finalist that they love walk. Uh, there's mm-hmm. there's all kinds of different decisions that you can look at from this team uh, where there was big uh, conundrums in it, but they found uh, eventually found the right combination, and that's uh, that's what uh, that was. Like Andrew Cogliano, signed to San Jose mm-hmm. at the start of this year. He like, yeah. he couldn't have been further from where he is right now <laughs> at this at training camp because nobody thought San Jose was going to do anything uh, this year yeah. uh, and and he he ends up getting traded at the deadline and winning a Stanley Cup uh, with with two fingers in the same glove uh, slot because he had uh, yeah. a broken finger and uh, holding the Stanley Cup over his head I, I just those those kind of stories just uh, make me uh, full of goosebumps uh, with with what guys are able to do and, and and overcome. Is it at all surprising to you that the Stanley Cup is dropped on the ice post game, and it's not by either Cogliano or Nazem Kadri, the two guys that had busted up hands? Uh, a little bit, yeah. But I did I did talk to Cogliano <laughs> uh, about about 
lifting it. And yeah. uh, I, I, I'd like to ask guys, you're in that moment. Was, mm-hmm. was it heavier than you thought? And it, right away, he's like, yeah, like way more uh, heavier. And, and he had a little trouble getting a grip on it with the, with the finger. But, uh, mm-hmm. but he said he went back to his teammates. You got to listen to this conversation because it's really cool. He went back to his teammates because he was the third guy that got it mm-hmm. and told the guys, be prepared. It, it, that thing's heavy uh, <laughs> uh, to, to lift over your head and, and skate it around. I miss the old days when, when they used to do, do a full lap of the rink. Mm-hmm. Now, now mm-hmm. they go back, they take it, they do a little spin, and then they come back and they, they give it to a, another one. Because uh, they've got the order all, all planned out. And, and it's amazing how all the players know exactly who's played the, the, the biggest number of games. Uh, but, mm-hmm. uh, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's heavy. Uh, it's not the first time that thing's been dropped, though. Uh, I've been through the stories over the years. Have you missed us? Uh, Dearly. Absolutely. Mm. I made my daughter, we were out for a, uh, my daughter's learning how to drive, so we're we're, we're cruising the the back roads of Prince Edward Island right now, uh, doing some some, uh, driving instruction where we're not on the uh, the busy roads uh, of Vegas. And I said, floor it, honey. I got to get back to the guys. Uh, I got a big appointment coming up on on the Insider Show, and and yesterday I happened to be on with uh, Tweedledum and Tweedledoo uh, over mm. on on the ESPN side on the Cofield sure. Show uh, with yep. Ramirez and Hill. And mm-hmm. you know what happened is is Ari, the producer, uh, sent yep. me a note saying, "Can you come on?" I said, "Yeah, sure," but I'm in PEI, so let's test the phone lines because cell service. I'm in a wonky area. And he went, mm-hmm. South Africa? And I said, what do you mean, South Africa? I don't know where he got that from. At least you guys know where Prince mm-hmm. Edward Island is, where PEI is. And that makes me yeah. feel uh, right at home that, uh, that I'm a-, a lot more in sync with you. There's no explaining where I am or what I'm doing and, and hanging out. I'm actually playing golf tomorrow with uh, Doug McLean, the former uh, nice. coach and general manager of the Panthers and the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, Looking forward to that and uh, getting some good hockey talk, but uh, I'll be able to tell the guys that uh, I was on the Beach Game Insider Show uh, today for a good uh, half hour. All right, Darren. Well, enjoy the rest of your time up at the Cottage in PEI. Uh, don't miss us too much. We'll be back together soon enough. You know the next is there season anything is you guys coming. want me to bring back from 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 Canada or the East Coast? A lobster. Um, uh, some some M and M's, some mm. Smarties. There's no smart. Our Smarties are different than your Smarties. Our Smarties are yeah. Chocolate how how about those little maple leaf cookies? Those are good. They're just just maple leaf cookies. Yeah, you know the ones that no. are in the shape of a maple leaf, and they instead of like oh. Oreo filling, it has like Boy. maple filling. Oh, oh. I, 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 that's I'm a born and bred Canadian. I have no idea what you're talking about, but I will research. It. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, you can bring me back all of the things that you mentioned, and if if when you get back, you and I can get together and uh, consume all of them, that would be fantastic. You sound well. Uh, enjoy the rest of your time up there, Darren. Thanks for jumping on. I appreciate it, buddy. I'll send you some pictures of the s'mores that I'll make. Oh, okay. All right. That's it. Yeah. I, I don't want to talk okay. to him anymore because he's going to eat <laughs> s'mores. I'm not going to eat s'mores. I'm mad. Darren, thanks, sure. buddy. See you guys. Darren Millard joining us here, our number one, first segment of the VGK Insider Show. It's like riding a bike, Chapman. You, you go 
almost 10, 12 days without talking to the guy, and then he reels you back in, hits you in the feels, tells you he's going to bring you stuff, uh, and then you know you wait about a month or so, and then the, the things don't come, and then you get angry at him all over again. But it was great to talk <laughs> to Darren Millard. Hopefully you all enjoyed that conversation. Uh, we're back with much more on the VGK Insider Show right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Always fun connecting with Darren Millard. I know that everybody here missed him, so we thought we'd dip into the bag just the one time, right? Just the one time. Like, we're going to be on the air for the next couple of weeks taking you through... The draft taking you through development camp and the start of free agency. So we figured that we would call in the favor with Darren Millard one time. We saved it for today. And obviously, you know, his takes on the the Stanley Cup final, they were interesting in that I'm almost more inclined. And and I don't know, it's something to do with what happens with Colorado next. Like yesterday, all in Colorado. I think they've got staying power. I think with the right moves, this team can absolutely get right back there next year to contending for the Stanley Cup again. However, I do want to ask this question, Chris Chapman, because I think Darren brought up some interesting points about Tampa Bay, and we're going to talk a little bit more about Tampa today and over the course of the week, too. Um, who's more likely to get back to the Stanley Cup final? next season who's more likely is it Colorado or is it Tampa given the Tampa Bay Lightning have been to three straight Stanley Cup finals given the Tampa Bay Lightning were banged up and we're going to get to that later given how much they 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 really sunk into this playoff run and then how fresh and how dominant Colorado was throughout this this entire postseason if you were to look at it right now, who do you think is more likely to get back there next year? Well, I think initially my my initial thought was Colorado. But mm-hmm. the more I think about it, the more I actually think Tampa is more likely to get back. And I'll make it very simple as to why I think they are that team to get back. They've got Andre Vasilevsky. I think mm-hmm. that, to me makes it more likely that that they will get back cuz to be honest with you Ryan I don't know who Colorado's goalie is next year. Could are they going to yeah. re-sign Darcy Kemper? I I I would think so, but maybe not. Do I have enough faith in Pavel Francouz if he's the guy? No, I don't. Um and I think I think Tampa Even though he even after even after he played well in the playoffs? I think the biggest issue that I that I've always had with Francouz is I think he's got a inability to stay healthy. Like he he, sure. he he strikes me as a guy who's who's constantly banged up, and you know it's a little bit different when you are the man. When you're the backup, there, there's a lot less pressure, right? Like Pavel Francouz played well, but I don't think there was the pressure on him to play well like there was on uh, Darcy Kemper. So I I, sure. I think situations dictate that that it's a little bit different. Uh, obviously Kucherov will be back, and and you you have to think that that he's going to be angry. Stamkos seemed like he was he was really angry. Um, I mean, he wasn't throw his gloves at the equipment guy angry, but he was angry. Yeah. Um, and and if you if you saw the video, then then people know what I'm talking yeah. about. Um, and and then they've got yeah. Hedman, and they've got some some pretty decent other players. Uh, they'll they'll also get Braden Point back, which I think is something that 
I, I know how you and I feel about, about the injury thing with Tampa, but I really think that missing Braden Point was it was something that was going to be really, really difficult to fl- for, for Tampa to overcome. And I don't think we yeah. we have really given enough uh, credence to that. That that that's a huge sure. loss. You know, this is a guy who who's had like fifty five points the last two pre or last two post seasons. I mean, a guy who's put up a lot mm-hmm. of points. I don't think fifty five, but yeah. a lot of points. Um, so that's you just pick an arbitrary number. Is that what you did? No, I think I, I think you just I kind of threw it out there. No, I think I saw the, the the other day how many points he had the last two preseasons. Or I don't know why I keep calling it. Preseason, postseasons. Um, I I think you're overthinking this one. Not not in the the Braden point point total in the playoffs, but I think you're overthinking the path for Colorado and Tampa Bay. To me, there is a clearer path. By the, by the for way, the Tampa Bay Lightning. By the way, thirty three mm-hmm. points in yeah. 2019, 20, 23 points mm-hmm. in twenty twenty one. So uh, I was pretty close. Mm-hmm. What's that? Fifty six. So I, I was really really close to that number there, but. Uh, Beautiful. Yeah, I I think the Vasilevsky, the fact that he's in net, I think that plus mm-hmm. I, I I I think there will be some teams better in the East. But the more I think about it, I don't Ooh. know if there's I I, yeah, I, I think don't, I don't agree with that. I think Toronto I Toronto will be there, and I think the Rangers will be there. As far as anyone else, yeah, I, but I, I don't but really Chapman, know. You can't you can't ever put Toronto over anybody until they win. Like, you're right. You're right. It it is it is. I'm going to give everybody that's listening to this right now, a little heads up when it comes to the bracket for next season, the, the NHL bracket challenge, you are not allowed to advance the Toronto Maple Leafs beyond the first round. You're not. <laughs> if you want your bracket to stay perfect after the first round, do not push Tampa or Toronto through at all. Do not do it. Until they win, they have no right, no business whatsoever picking that team to move forward. You don't. But the fact of the matter is, for Tampa, you've got Toronto and Florida in your division. You've got Boston, who I think is going to be worse next year. You've got the Sabres, who are going to be better, but like, let's not kid ourselves. They're not going to be challenging for a division title, let alone winning a round in the playoffs. Detroit, yikes. Ottawa, yikes. Montreal, yikes. Like Tampa, even with a short offseason, they can really pace themselves throughout the regular season and just get in. I think the path to getting back to the final is easier, is more efficient, is tidier for the Tampa Bay Lightning than it is the Colorado Avalanche, and that's why I think that they are the more likely team to get back there if bo- if one of the other or one of the two end up getting back there. We're back with the legal minute next. It's SamAndAshLaw.com joining us on the VGK Insider Show. It's time for the Legal Minute with Sam and Ash on the VGK Insider Show. Legal Minute with Sam and Ash, SamandAshLaw.com, because you deserve what's right. Give them a call, 702-820-1234, if you are ever in need of their services. We are joined right now by Ash. Hey, Ash, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? You know, I'm doing well, um, and obviously it's it's a sad kind of period of time for any hockey fan the Stanley Cup has been awarded the Colorado Avalanche have won the Stanley Cup and you know it's weird because the season's over you're rejoicing of of what happened but you're looking forward to next year and you know for right now with with Golden Knights fans really excited for next season with Colorado winning a Stanley Cup I, I just I'm looking forward to that first game between Vegas and Colorado because I think that that intensity is going to ratchet up even more. 
Oh, I completely agree. This is right now we're in the dry spell for hockey. But, hey, I mean, this is the time we get all the fun stories of where the Stanley Cup is going. So we have that to look forward to and keep us busy. Um, and I also, I completely agree. The DGK Colorado matchup during the playoffs mm-hmm. was always tense and heated. And I think with them winning the cup, it just makes it that much more interesting and and more tense so i'm excited for those games so one of the things we wanted to talk with you about today surrounds the stanley cup the actual stanley cup in in so far as it was dented not broken but dented in the celebration for the colorado avalanche nicholas albe kubel ended up dropping the stanley cup during the on ice celebration for the colorado avalanche um it it it's not such a big deal because it was just the base of the cup, but I guess you know you you kind of have to ask the question because it's a trophy that everyone's competing for because it's so revered. Like, it, can you can you ever get in trouble for damaging the cup if you've won it? <laughs> well, I think they've. I've heard stories where a few players have had their day with the cup cut short <laughs> with the shenanigans they were pulling. But look, I, I'm a sports fan. I didn't play hockey, but I have to consider the Stanley Cup truly one of the greatest, if not the greatest, trophy in all of sports. And so it's fun to see that people respect it, honor it, not you know refuse to touch it until they win. And I think you expect mm-hmm. a few bumps and bruises along the way. Um, but as far as legally, would you be held responsible? Uh, no, I don't anticipate it. I mean, again, you could look at insurance policies. All of these players would have insurance policies that could cover the damage, and the cup itself surely is covered in a large insurance policy. Yeah, I would imagine so too. And, you know, again, part of, I think, the, the mystique surrounding this trophy is that it's it's rugged. It, it has been through quite a lot. There have been some stories that we have heard of some of the damages. And, and I think that the, the beauty of the Stanley Cup is whatever is whatever goes through or whatever it goes through over the course of the summer, it seems to be right as rain, good as new come the next season. And that's the most perfect thing when it comes to the Stanley Cup. You you get to really enjoy it, really celebrate with it, and yet it, it can kind of withstand the rigors of the travel and the parties that it's going to be at over the course of the summer. Yeah, I mean, I think after those seasons and seeing what the injuries some of those players play through, I would have my fun with the Cup, too. You know, I it's it's an interesting thing, and, and you you brought up injuries, and I know that this isn't necessarily the topic that that we had on the docket, but I, I do wonder about injuries and playing through injuries at the professional level. Like, ultimately, you have doctors that are are kind of evaluating things and making recommendations to the players, but is is the final say as to whether or not a player goes out and plays through some of the stuff that these players in on Tampa and Colorado are playing through? Is is it all up to the player and and are they sufficiently informed of potential damage that can that can arise from that? Ultimately that's a great question. I think a lot of the decisions of whether a player gets to play at the end of the day through an injury comes down to their contracts, who is given that decision, unions. Remember Eichel, the largest thing that was holding up the Eichel's trade was who could perform his surgery and so there's a lot that's in those contracts and then 
ultimately, again, all of these players have these insurance policies covering them and protecting them in injuries, and so they would those insurance policies would like to make sure that the players are following recommended doctor's orders. Yeah, that's always fascinated me come this this time this year because it, you, you always get the laundry list of players that are playing through very serious stuff, and I, I just was curious to to get your insight on, on where you think that the buck ultimately stops when it comes to a player playing through an injury. But I do want to get to one other story, and you know, it's, it's a real fight breaking out at a pro wrestling event, so that's always fun when the fights in the stands are a little bit more real than the fights in the ring. Uh, but there was a fan <laughs> at an AEW wrestling uh, pay-per-view in Chicago that was essentially brawling with a, a security guard. It, they were trying to remove him from his seat. Uh, he was not going willingly there was a fist fight um so you know it it doesn't appear that anyone had been um arrested as a result of this but can the security guard file charges against this man who attacked him it's really unlikely that the security guard would file charges it's kind of in the course and duty you know police officers and firefighters they don't get to sue for injuries they sustain in the course of their duties um, this security officer, ultimately what you're seeing between the security officer and the fan comes down to a, whether or not the officer or the security guard used reasonable force in light of the circumstances. But mm-hmm. if the fan wanted to try and sue and bring a claim, they could, and they'd bring it against the security guard, the security company, the arena, the event, all of that, and try to prove that they were less than 50% at fault. And do you do you expect kind of viewing the video that that the security guard is going to be facing any ramifications, whether it be a lawsuit or a termination from his job? You know, I I don't anticipate a lawsuit because again, hmm. you know, when you go in front of a jury, you have to be likable, and that video evidence <laughs> is tough to overcome. Um, and also, we don't know what the nature of the charges or the allegations of why this fan was being ejected in the first place. So that's that's carries a lot of weight on it. Um, but ultimately, I would also maybe anticipate his employer would reprimand him or there would be mm. some type of write-up because it does look a little bit much. Well, Ash, every single week you're on here, we learn something new. Um, I really <laughs> appreciate you jumping on and, and going through not just you know what one or two topics, but three or four different ones. Um, it's always great to, to kind of have this time to catch up with you, and hopefully you have a great rest of your week, and we will chat again next week. Perfect. And next week I want to know where you would take the cup if you want it. Oh, man. Okay, I, I will think about that for the next seven days, and I, I promise you we will have some Stanley Cup. Where would Ryan take it? We'll even bring Chris Chapman into the fold as well so that we can get kind Perfect. of a roundtable on what we would do. Ash, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Have a good one, Ryan. That is Ash with com. Give him a call, 702-820-1234. If you are in the market, you need to talk to somebody about something that happened to you. You want to talk to our lawyers, Sam and Ash. We trust them. They're awesome. And they take this time every single week to bring you the best tips and tricks that they have. SamandAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. This has been the Legal Minute with Sam and Ash on the BGK Insider Show. Brought to you by Sam and Ash. Visit them at SamandAsh.com because you deserve what's right.